So Money Episode 169, Tamsin Fidel. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi, wonderful guest on the show today. A woman whom I actually admired from a distance for many years. You know, I moved to New York City in 2002, pursuing journalism and along the way, got to really take notice of, of the, the women and the men who are uh, just killing it, you know, when it comes to broadcast and journalism and just uh, wonderful, wonderful media personalities and people that I aspire to either just meet one day or even, you know, follow in their footsteps. And our guest today is one of those amazing people. Uh, her name is Tamsin Fidel. And she is the an Emmy Award-winning journalist, producer, and author. She anchors the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news on PIX11, which is Tribune Broadcasting's flagship station in New York. And she's not only a full-time anchor, but she also works to empower women across the country. And she has co-authored the self-help books, Why Hasn't He Called? Why Hasn't He Proposed? And her recent book is why she's here today. And I want to uh, dive into this with her. It's called The New Single. It's a self-help guide of empowerment after a breakup or a divorce. Something like half of marriages in this country end up in divorce. And a lot of times money is a motivating factor. And if it's not the motivating factor, when you get divorced, it is a, you have a financial wake-up call. And so she talks a little bit about how she personally went through some of that in her own life. Um, she talks about her own experiences and the advice on how to find, fix, and fall back in love with yourself and an increased awareness of avoiding toxic patterns that hold you back from being your best self and emerge confident from a big life change. So lots of really amazing takeaways with Tamsin, including the steps that she personally took to heal financially, emotionally, from a very public divorce. She was married to a gentleman who together they had a very uh, kind of a public marriage. They were a bit of a media power couple in New York City. They had a a business together. They were counseling people on dating. And so for her, as she describes it in her book, it was a very embarrassing turn of events when she got divorced. So she talks a little bit about that. The important advice she learned growing up from her dad, who said that it's better to be alone than lonely with someone. I love that. And her top money tips for women who've just emerged from a split up or a divorce. She actually interviews Amanda Steinberg in her book, whom we know, she's a guest on So Money. She was one of my earlier guests, and she's a good friend of mine. She's the founder of Daily Worth, and uh, I was happy to see that Amanda helped her write this book. And so, and so, I'm very proud, very honored to introduce to all of you the wonderful Tamsin Fidel. Here we go. Tamsin Fidel, welcome to So Money. I'm honored to have you on the show. Congratulations on the new single. Oh, thank you so much. Nice to be here with you. Tamsin, you wear many hats. You are an Emmy award-winning journalist. Uh, I well, I, I will be honest. I was on a JetBlue flight recently, and I saw you um, featured in uh, one of the. Um, I guess it's a uh, the the Broadway. 
uh, Broadway profiles. Broadway profiles, right? You're the host of that, and so that was on loop while I was traveling across country with a with a toddler, and that helped me a lot get through the the six hour flight. <laughs> I like to hear that. (laughs) But more importantly, you are the author of a brand new book, three-time author. Your new book is called The New Single. And I'd love to start there, uh, your journey to writing this book. Um, Now we're celebrating, you know, being the new single, but you didn't always feel celebratory about the situation. So if you wouldn't mind, share with us a little bit about the genesis for this book, why you felt the need to put yourself out there like this and write it. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, uh, you know, my, my divorce was pretty public in New York. And so I think it was already out there. Um, and so I, uh, you know, I looked around after talking to so many people that were in the exact same situation. I was a lot were, you know, in their uh, late thirties, early forties, um, and, and beyond and, and going through a divorce, starting back over again, successful in their, you know, in their, uh, careers, but not necessarily in their personal lives. And so many people wrote to me after, you know, seeing what I had gone through and, you know, telling me their stories, which I've heard unbelievable stories over the past, you know, the past years. And, um, and I realized that there were so many questions about what to do when you get back out there again. Like we're not the same person we were when we were single the first time around. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like this was kind of the new version of being single. And that just, that struck a chord in me. And I started uh, writing down what worked for me because I was in the self-help aisle, like so many of us are when we have a problem. And, uh, you know, everything kind of made me sad. The, the books made me kind of sad. And the books were about moving forward in terms of dating. And dating wasn't what I was looking to do. It was uh, looking to rebuild who I was and figure out who I was again. And, um, so and that's eat, really what the book is. Eat, Pray, Love wasn't, uh, wasn't the book for you as <laughs> it's been yeah, for so know. many it actually, uh, it's funny, the movie struck a, a big chord with me before my divorce. Um, and I'll never forget the, the scene where Julia Roberts is like kind of on the floor and she's praying and she's saying like, you know, like, how did I get here? What do I do next? And so I do, you know, I do have those moments and, um, but I didn't have time to be able to go on a sabbatical and, and leave work. And I had to kind of, you know, do this one day at a time healing. Mm-hmm. And this is what worked for me at home. As far as what worked for you, I understand that it was really about taking on a, a sort of a new, healthier outlook on life, meditate, like yoga and healthy, healthy diets. And so share with us a little bit about what you found worked for you and what you're sharing with the country now that you're on this tour talking about your book. Yeah, you know, it was a more of a, a non-traditional approach, I guess. For me, anyway, it was. It wasn't about um, getting back on you know, Match.com or dating or, or Tinder. St- Tinder. Yes. That's the new one, right? Um, maybe not so new anymore, but yeah, it it wasn't about that for me. It was really about uh, healing from within. And that's why the book has things like juicing recipes and, and different, different things that I took a specific interest in, in learning how to rebuild who I was and, and really falling back in like with myself before falling back in love with myself. Um, and I did things like, uh, you know, dedicated to going to yoga every day, like every day, making lists to get out of bed in the morning. Cause there were some days I wanted to hide under the covers. Um, you know, concentrating on my career, figuring out my finances. Like I felt broke and broken, uh, with regard to finances. And so there were so many different parts of my life that I needed to turn around, uh, decluttering my home kind of, you know, from the marriage and, uh, you know, from having another person here to starting over again. So essentially trying to, you were trying to find a way to recalibrate, refresh, start new, start fresh, both inside and outside. How long did it take you? I mean, and are you fully, do you feel like you're fully quote unquote, you know, revived, so to speak? 
you know, I don't know if we're ever fully revived. I think we're always kind of in motion and growing, but I, I think that I'm as, you know, as good as I've ever been. Certainly. Uh, I think it took me a, about a good, a solid year to feel like my feet were back on the ground again and feel like I was okay stepping out as, as, as an I versus a we. Um, so I think it was in 90 day increments is really what I broke the book up in because that seemed to be the pivotal points of when I, you know, I was changing and, um, you know, having new patterns in my life versus repeating old ones. In your book, you interview some of my favorite women. Um, you interview Melanie, Melanie Notkin, whom I also interviewed for my book, When She Makes More. She is the founder of Savvy Auntie, and she's really, a, I think, uh, a prominent thought leader in the space of single women um, who are aspirational. And then you also interviewed Amanda Steinberg, who's the founder of Daily Worth, who also went through her own divorce. She's a mom of two and kind of reinventing what it means to be um, a power woman, you know, in these days. And she doesn't live her life necessarily very traditionally. Right. What did you learn from these women? I'm most, most interested in, in and Amanda, because she has the financial angle, um, what what did you what, what? How are they inspiring to you? You know, I mean, these are women that I've I've, I've seen and known and 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 um, been around for a long time in terms of influencers. And uh, you know, Amanda is incredible. Like she she started you know basically from nothing and has built a community of women who are inspiring and helping other women. And um, you know, I guess what I learned from them is if you can move on. You can move on and be bigger and better and a better part, you know, a better person and a better part of yourself. And, you know, what she teaches women financially uh, is incredible, but, but more so the network that she's built with Daily Worth is what, you know, I really love. She wrote, she actually wrote the quote on the, uh, the front of my book because, you know, she talks about it. Um, she's saying the new single helps you create, become, and embrace your new authentic self. And I think that's probably what I learned most from her is that, you know, this is a time to absolutely be, uh, you know, figure out who you are and embrace embrace that, that new person. Cause it's not always easy to do. No. And so brave. Well, let's transition. I'd love to transition. I think what you're saying will, will, uh, transition us well now into talking a little about money as we're talking about Amanda, but also you mentioned that when you got divorced, you felt broke and broken. What would you say now, as you have come on and you've arrived now on the other side, what would you say is your kind of financial outlook on things? Your, if you had a money mantra, <laughs> what yeah. what is it? You know, I, I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt when I got out of my divorce. Uh, we had uh, we had two different mindsets that we came from. He was a spender. I was not a spender, but that doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work if you haven't figured out your finances. I mean, more so than anything, I think you've really got to discuss money if you're talking about being in a relationship and or partnership. We merged all of our stuff together. Uh, didn't didn't look back, and that was a big mistake. You know, it was a big mistake that I didn't take ownership. You know, on my part. Um, for sure. I, I think that, um, I figured out that I needed to educate myself much more than I thought I needed to. I thought once I get into a relationship, well, he, he can help take care of it. It's fine. Both of us are, you know, have the same viewpoint on money. And when you don't, it causes just so many problems across the board. You don't even realize it. How often does this come up in your conversations with women who are in this new single category, this new single lifestyle where they feel financially, uh, lost or um, feeling like they have to start anew because they buried their head in the sand when they were in their relationship. Is this quite common, you think? 
Uh, oh, there's no question about it. It's probably why I dedicated. I have a couple of different experts uh, in that chapter uh, talking about it because the finance is such a big part of it, especially people that have children, especially um, ones that are still dealing with alimony and or child support. So it was a huge part of this and um, a huge part of what the conversation has been. I've hit four different cities for different book tours in every one of them across the board, you know, asks about uh, when did I finally get back on my feet? Then the next question is talking about finances and how to, figuring out how to balance it and how to really start over again. So how did you get out of a, or, or how are you managing the $100,000 in debt? Was it credit card debt? Was it loans? What was it? Yeah, it was it was credit card debt that was over time accumulated. Um, you know, he we had started a business, and then when you you know separate, now you've got two separate households that you're taking care of for a while because we were, um, you know, we were separated, so we weren't looking at what each other was doing, and um, and I you know I found myself in a really bad situation by handing somebody you know my credit cards basically in my name, and. Um, so it's, it's taken a lot of time. It took a lot of pulling back. It took a lot of, uh, you know, figuring out, you know, being honest, sitting down and being honest with myself about where I was, first of all, which is my, that's the hardest thing. Like, it's so easy to, you know, not pay attention and not, not look at anything. Um, I needed to check my credit, you know, report constantly. I had to kind of disinherit, uh, you know, my partner and all of this, because it's hard to, you know, to separate everything. And we had no choice but to do that and had a business involved too. Um, and then I had to be strategic about what I was doing moving forward in terms of, um, you know, how I spent getting rid, you know, getting rid of credit cards and, and making up for what, you know, what two people had done on my own. Mm-hmm. Do you have a uh, help now? Are you working with an advisor? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Good. You know, the other big part of it is equipping yourself with the right team. And that's what, you know, what I had to do. And that's the first part of admitting that, you know, that you've got, you need help along the mm-hmm. way. And so I do, I have a, a financial advisor now. I have an accountant that's, you know, incredible and has worked through, you know, so many things with me. Uh, I have an attorney too. And so I've, um, you know, and then we went through a mediator versus an attorney uh, to get divorced. So that made it a little bit easier, but, but nevertheless, I was the person that covered all of those expenses wow. over time. And, so every once in a while, I look back and I go, wow, I don't know how I, you know, I don't expensive. Know I- yeah. Divorce is not cheap. Yeah. That's why some people don't get divorced, frankly. It, it absolutely is. Some people, it's, you know, it's easier to continue to maintain that two income household. Or if one person's not working, you know, um, it's a very scary, scary proposition. My father said to me, though, um, a long time ago, he said, it's better to be alone than lonely with someone. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I certainly understood what it meant uh, once I was actually feeling that loneliness. And I realized that, you know, I had no choice. I'm writing that down. Better to be alone than lonely with someone. That's powerful. What else did your parents teach you? I'd like to transition and talk a little bit about your money memories growing up as uh, we are uh, a little bit of kindred spirits, Tamsin. We're both of Middle Eastern heritage. I'm Iranian. You're Lebanese-American. Um, in my culture, money is not taboo. We talk about money a lot, almost maybe to a fault, some would say. What was your perspective on money growing up? If there was a memory that kind of capture, captures your you know, experience or perspectives on money in a nutshell as a kid, what would it be? Yeah, I, you know what? I think that uh, we probably didn't talk about it as much as I would I would probably have liked to now in retrospect. I know my parents did a lot. I don't know that we were brought into it all the time. I do know that it was um, something to be respected. I know that, uh, you know, it was all about saving. There was never an extravagant lifestyle ever growing up. Um, 
And I, and I know, I, I mean, my parents, you know, instilled the importance of it in terms of savings, in terms of as, as young as I remember having, you know, bank accounts and bringing, you know, somebody gives you $5 and a birthday card and you bring it and you deposit in the bank. And that's what you do with it. You don't spend it. You don't bring mm-hmm. it to the store and buy sodas. Um, so I know that saving was, savings was a huge part of it. And I think that the, you know, the area that we didn't discuss or, you know, was once you get into a relationship or a marriage. And, you know, I think in the times when my parents were married, it was a, it was a different situation. They combined all their resources and their assets and they moved forward with their married life. And nowadays I I just think it's different. I found this too, as I was writing my own book and, and I feel as though, uh, modern women, you know, if you, if you interview a lot of modern women who are aspirational, ambitious, career driven, educated, and that's a lot of us, um, in some, some ways more than men, um, we, you can teach success if, and, but, but it's really hard to teach success in a relationship. And it's often something that we don't teach young women and even young men. And so we, we take it for granted. We think that some of the same rules that apply in business and in academia are the same ones that apply in a relationship. Work hard, um, you know, uh, almost like, if you're a team, <laughs> it'll work out. But it's like your husband or your partner is not your – he's your team member, but he's not – you know, and you have to think of like you're, you're not in the boardroom anymore. You're 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 in a home. You're in, in a very delicate, fragile relationship. And I feel as though I personally did not get any education on that. I kind of learned – I am continuing to learn from my husband and from, from just, I guess – being around good people who are doing it right. But would you say there's sort of a lack of attention based to uh, cater to this, a, a teaching young women and young men how to be intimate and like good partners in a relationship? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the Jerry Maguire movie a long time ago was, uh, you know, you complete me. And I, I don't know that that's the case in a relationship. I think it's that you compliment me. Mm-hmm. And I think we lose sight of that oftentimes. And we, we give, we um, uh, allow that other person so much, uh, of our lives in, in, in terms of forming our belief system instead of keeping our belief system and um, compromising along the way. I mean, it's certainly what I did. I certainly did not know how to be in a relationship. And I look back and I, you know, I don't, the important part of, of everything for me is not casting blame, which a lot of people have wanted, like, whose fault was it? What happened? Right. And, you know, there are enough articles out there where you can, you know, piece things together, but, um, but I've never talked about that openly and, and, and even didn't in the book because I think there's two people always to blame. And um, I think that it's not productive, but yeah, I agree with you that um, there's no book about that, right? There's, there's books about parenting. There's books about um, so many different things, but there's not books about how to coexist in a relationship in a healthy way where you don't lose yourself and you don't come out on the other end, uh, you know, not wanting to be in it anymore. Right. Well, it requires being vulnerable and that's not something that works in the business world, you know, and we're so primed and, and groomed for, you know, success in the business sense that we feel as though we shouldn't be vulnerable to our partners. And I think that's, a that's, I have been there and I think it's, it's not a healthy thing. Um, but especially as women, I mean, I, I don't, you know, my mom didn't work, so she would not have been able to even teach me what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, how to, how to leave my work hat at home. And oftentimes I would carry that right into the house, which is not, you know, it's not the healthiest way to be. Yeah. Well, not to get, too down, but is there a failure, Tamsin, that you experienced, a financial failure that t- taught you uh, a good bit about 
managing your money wisely that you came out on the other end of it thinking, okay, I'm kind of glad that I failed here or that I had this, I learned this mistake because it's helped me become more, uh, just a better money manager in my own personal life. Sure. I mean, this, the, you know, this divorce was and mm. in so many ways. I, I entrusted somebody with my, my credit cards and every, every bit of my financial, what I'd worked for for so long and, um, and still paying for it. You know, I'm, I'm every, you know, every month that I write my, my, um, my checks, I, I continue to remind myself like you will never do this again. And here's what you've learned from it. So yeah, there's no question about it. I think what I did learn though, is that, um, it was, it's important to, uh, make sure that the person that you're with, if you're going to be with somebody, uh, has either the same viewpoint as you, or if they don't, you need to keep things, you know, separate or find a way that you combine resources but not combine everything, I think my failure in it is just assuming that the other person was going to help take care of it the same way I would have. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about success? A financial success, a so money moment that you felt financially vindicated. Sure. Uh, I, I think that that first moment was, uh, you know, I had, I had everything lined up. I finally had my truth, right? And everything mm-hmm. where, oh my gosh, this is what I have to deal with this is what I owe. How do I even begin carving away at this? And I think when I uh, knocked out like the first credit card, I went, Oh my gosh, this is what it feels like. You know what? Nothing is worth, you know, nothing is worth this feel like this feeling is, is worth all of it. So I don't no dress, no new shoes, no new purse are worth the feeling that I have once I, you know, get rid of debt. And so that was really a, um, a success for me in terms of understanding what the, what the saving and being practical means. And it doesn't mean I don't buy the shoes or dresses, but it just means everything in moderation and in balance. You got to enjoy your money. Yes, absolutely. You work hard. You work very hard. You anchor. How many, sh- how many evening news shows do you anchor? It's like, does anyone do that? I don't know. I feel like, I, is that normal? Is that typical that you do the five, the six and the 11? I, I think it depends. I mean, we have, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're a station that just came on with our six o'clock newscast. So it's a brand new newscast, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people do several, you know, several long hours. So if you, if you add it all up, it's, it's only about two and a half hours, but it's, um, that's two and a half hours. You work hard toward to knowing what, you know, what all the stories are, but I, you know, I love it. I love what I do. And I'm, um, and that, you know, that was the other success is getting back to appreciating, um, you know, what I, what I have. That was a, that was a big part of it is, is waking up again after getting out of a divorce and appreciating what I have around me. We already talked about some of the great habits that you have inherited and adopted into your life, such as the daily yoga and, um, healthier eating and, what would you say is a habit that is helping you with your money that you do consciously? It doesn't have to be every day like the yoga, but it is regular, it's consistent, and, and you work at it. I am a huge list person, huge list person. And I don't know when that happened. Well, I do know I actually happened. Uh, I'd always been, but really in my divorce, I needed it more so than not. And so um, – Whenever I have expenses I know that are coming up, uh, whenever I have purchases I need to make, everything goes into lists and I categorize it accordingly. You know, I categorize it with, with priority and what I really need and what I don't. I cross out the things that don't make any sense and, you know, put my top three on there. So I think lists have really helped uh, map things out and make it clear to me so I know uh, what it is I need or don't need. Those have s- certainly helped me be successful in the money in the money realm. And do you keep a list? Is there an app or you just pen and paper? You know what? I'm so old school. I use the stickies on my computer. Um, I also use Mint. 
I use Mint a lot. I, I really enjoy that one because it keeps things organized. Mint.com or is this like a... Mint.com. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's also an app. Um, yeah. And so I use that to kind of keep all of my finances organized and know where I am coming from in terms of everything. Right on. I had uh, Paula Rizzo, our mutual friend on the show, not too long ago. Guys, check it out. I forget which episode number it is, but Paula Rizzo, she just wrote Listful Thinking. And she is a big list queen. And she talks about how to do, you know, how to really do the list with, uh, with just, uh, you know, how to do it with the professionalist, the personalist and how to keep your, not to make your list run your life, but to really take control of your list making. It's great. Yes, she's, she's wonderful. I did an interview with her not too long ago and I, I think she's incredible. And I, and I love the fact that there's a whole kind of community out there of us that do that. <laughs> yes. I, funny, I was on a train one time because also part of her education is how to how to win your in, how to take over your inbox because that's right. also part of what adds to, your, to the clutter in your life. And I literally was sitting next to a guy on the train and I texted her. I said, Paula, you won't believe this, but I'm literally sitting next to a gentleman on the train whose iPhone inbox has one point, it was like 100,000 something. It was like so much, it was like too many zeros. And it was like, oh, I have like, zero emails. I was like 100.3K. I have zero emails. I, I um, <laughs> categorize all of mine and then I, I answer them as accordingly as they go or I unsubscribe from lists if somebody's put yeah. me on a list. Oh, the unsubscribe is a very powerful, powerful Very, button. very powerful. Mm-hmm. All right, Tamsin, we are almost out of time. But before I let you go, I'd love to pick your brain a little bit really quickly with some so money fill in the blanks. This is the part of the show where I start a sentence and you finish it. The first thing that comes to your mind and the, the key is to just not really overthink it. Sure. Okay. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say $100 million, the first thing I would do is? Pay off all debt. Yeah? Yep. And hopefully you have some money left over, right? Yes. And I would travel to Italy. It's my favorite country and I think it um, re-inspires me every time I'm there. The one thing that makes my life easier or better is? Being organized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mint.com. <laughs> my biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on, but you know what? It's my guilty pleasure and I'm sticking to it, is? Shoes. What kind of shoes? Uh, you know what? All kinds. I just love fun, <laughs> high-heeled shoes. I'm 5'3", so I love high shoes that make me feel taller. The one thing I wish I had known about money growing up is? Uh, how to save properly. Yeah. And last but not least, I'm Tamsin Fidel. I'm so money because I have finally learned how to conquer it. Yes. And thank you for teaching us all how to follow in your footsteps in your high-heeled shoes. Thank you so much, Tamsin. Oh, thank you. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you so much. It was great being with you. That is a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Tamsin Fidel, visit her website, TamsinFidel.com. That's T-A-M-S-E-N-F-A-D-A-L.com. She's also on Twitter with the same handle, Tamsin Fidel. All of this information at SoMoneyPodcast.com. There are also the transcript and the comments from this episode and all previous episodes. And please keep your questions coming. I love hearing from you. And you know, tomorrow is Saturday, so what I'll, I'll I'll be answering your questions. I'll be turning the show over to you and checking my inbox and seeing what is on your money mind. To send me a question, just hop on to somebodypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and you got me. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. 
And as a reminder, if you'd like to win a free 15-minute money session with me, I've been doing this now for a good few months at least, and it's been awesome. It's been an awesome ride getting to know all of you um, one-on-one. Well, not all of you, but many of you one-on-one. And so the way you can qualify for this is you go on to iTunes and you leave a review for the show. And it doesn't even have to be a five-star review. As a matter of fact, I just had a one-on-one with somebody who left a four-star review and I thought it was more like a five-star review, but you know, he was very picky and I appreciated the time that he took to write the review. It was very thoughtful and we conversed and I have a new friend. So if you'd like to connect with me one-on-one, leave a review on iTunes. Every Saturday morning, I pick one new reviewer from the most recent reviews to win a free 15-minute money session with me. And sometimes we don't even have to talk about money. You know, we just chat about the news, we chat about family, life, whatever, uh, how your days go. It's just fun to talk, right? So if you're interested in that, leave the review and hopefully we will connect. Thanks again to my lovely guest, Hamson Fidel. Congratulations on her new book. Please check her out. Hope your day is so money. 